guys, and welcome back to another episode of Artistic State of Mind. I am Jules. And I am Chama. Back in your earphones. Yes. I know. It feels like I haven't seen you in like a while. It's been what? Like last time I was here was basically a month ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I ducked away. And then you ducked away and then yeah. I pretended that I fired you, but I didn't really fire you. Of course, I'm not no, 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 no. I haven't pretended that. Just, <laughs> I was enjoying my life. Yeah, to be man. honest with you. So what what were you in what were you doing? What was first I doing? Of all? So I went on a little Caribbean cruise. Nice. Yeah, yeah oh, I was honestly I can't even describe it was the best time of my life. Like the best holiday I've ever been on. So yeah, every day just waking up on a different island. Oh, that sounds like so nice. It was honestly like having breakfast overlooking like a new dock. Like the sea, the hills, the mountains, the greenery, the rum, the food. It was Oh wow. Yeah. Caught me a little tan as well. Nice. Yeah, yeah I had well, a I had a, a, a aim where I wanted to get to. Yeah. But I didn't quite get there. Is it? Yeah, I was, I was looking Chadwick Boseman. You know? <laughs> That's what I was trying to reach. That's what you're but, trying to yeah, reach. Yeah, but uh if I had another like, I'm gonna say five days, then you could have your... been there. Easy. Easy. Wow. Yeah, no, that was me. I, that, my purpose was to go and get a tan and make yeah. sure everybody knew that I trust me. That's was what you on want. holiday, mm-hmm. and I was in a beautiful country that mm-hmm. just gave me the sun kiss. Yep. kind of glow. Yeah, but yeah, it's fading now. <laughs> it's fading. I know. As soon as you just, I feel like as soon as you just touch like the terminal yeah. in the airport, it's it's gone. I tell you what, one of the maddest things was. I mean, it's been mad just coming back in general. But when we were we transited through um, Dublin Airport. Okay. So imagine we left San Juan in Puerto Rico. It was like, let me just say that every day on the cruise was about 29, 31 degrees, right? Mm-hmm. Get to Dublin, outside temperature, minus four. Yeah. Uh, minus mm-hmm. four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend was looking a bit silly because she was in a sundress and flip flops. Oh my God. Do you know what I mean? And no. we're out here in Dublin getting a morning flight. No, no. Yeah. Rookie mistake. No. You just come with the, the, the whole tracksuit. But the thing was, yeah, had she put on that, I, I put on tracksuit. I was wearing jogging bottoms and t-shirt, but had she put on tracksuit in, in, in Puerto Rico, she'd yeah. look silly over there. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But then you always kind of like in your like mini hand luggage, you always have like a hoodie. Sorry. Yeah, she had a hoodie. Something packed. But she still away. had a sundress on. So. Oh, is it? Yeah. She was half half living in the sun and half. Half nah, half. half it's funny, enough. I've never done that before, you know, traveling from somewhere that's real hot. Something yeah. that's real cold. Yeah. So. To be honest with you, I was quite lucky because when I went on my holiday in the summer, I mm. came back and it was quite warm. Oh, I see. Exactly. So it was kind of like, but then me, I came in, I, I, I wore jeans, but that was because my suitcase was overloaded. So I had to wear the most heaviest outfit. Oh, I had to outfit. wear heavy. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> I had to wear the heaviest that. outfit. So yeah, no. I know. Just... And how have you been in my absence? Uh, I've been all right. I've been good. Yeah. yeah. You, oh, did you hear the last episode? I heard the last yes, episode. Yes, it was yes, dope. Yes, yes, thanks, I did. Um, thanks, Ify, for coming down. It was yeah. an absolute pleasure. It was so much fun, like, kind of talking to her about the hose, which I am going to see tomorrow, tomorrow right? a.k.a. Yeah. today. Obviously, yes, see me today. Episode, yeah. Right now. As I'm seeing it right now mm-hmm. as you guys are listening. Through the magic of radio. Yeah, exactly. Magical podcast land. <laughs> um, so I'm excited to see that. I'm very, very yeah. excited. So I'm going on a press night. So yeah. yeah. So I get to kind of like bubble, bubble, bubble. Schmooze. Schmooze with the, the theatre, you know, heads the and stuff. Lobbies, yeah. Yeah. But... Which we're going to get into uh, later on the podcast. Oh, absolutely. Hey. Ooh, haven't we got some tea and mm. some interesting combo the to take place? The kettle is on, I tell you right now. Exactly. 
Um, so yeah, how's your week been? Bar today been hella stressful, but oh, uh, listen, like I've been back for pretty much a week to the day, and there has not been. It's it's one of them ones where back to life, back to reality, times two, times two, times two, times two. Oh, is it? Like everything, everything. I think it's pretty much from the moment we got to the airport back there. Mm-hmm. was just one thing after another, after another, after another, after another. Even today, coming here, like, the only reason I didn't tell you was going with me because I knew he was going through a lot of stuff. <laughs> let me just allow her in it. Like, uh, let me just leave her. But oh, it's been one thing after another. So, uh, I feel tired. Oh, I, I can't lie. I, I'm like, see, I'm just, just chilled lounging. out, lounging on this. Really like, lounging. I could, I, honestly... The way this setup is, I could just. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want that happening. Halfway though. through, halfway through, <laughs> but you know, I'm gonna say it any just. But yeah, it's it's today is keeping me going. Let's just say that you know I'm ready to bring vibes. Good. But yeah, today's keeping me going because mm. the week itself has been. No, I'm not gonna. I'm ready to throw this week away. Trust me. Just in the bin. Just, Where's the bin? Just in the corner over there, isn't it? Throw it away. Literally. Yeah. Oh. And take it outside for the yeah, bin yeah, man to exactly. collect, so like come and fully. collect it, and we never see yeah, it again. That's it. <laughs> that's it. I don't even want it recycled. You know? <laughs> I just want it on like some landfill. Exactly. There. Let the land just take that, take it away. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we're um, in for a good show. Yes, I believe. I'm very so. excited. Oh, before we kind of like get on with like the show, we mm-hmm. are now on Spotify. Bloco, bloco. Yes. Okay. So for those that know knew or didn't know we were on spotify from like a cup well when we f- well maybe about a year ago but there was just some issues and mm. finally issues. you know it was just so, yeah issues mm-hmm. wink wink um but finally it's been sorted so you can now see us on spotify i'm sure ev- every other podcast and their uncle is on spotify now but you know we're on spotify in it so spotify. you know it's another platform where you can listen to the podcast so make sure you listen to out um look for us on spotify if you've got yep. the spotify app if you you, you are paying 9.99 every month you might as well listen to us on the spotify mm-hmm. you know? or if you've got that student account yeah listen on the yeah. five pound a month rob this england exactly do you know how mad it was seeing my name like on spotify is it oh my god i like I is that me i screamed it. I said, what? I turned to my girl. I said, can you see my name's on Spotify? I said, yeah, well I said nah, listen, nah. Nah, really deep my name's, I, it was. It was actually one of the moments. I just looked back and I said, wow, I'm a boy from lunch and then my name's on Spotify. It's real crazy. I got to send this to like uncles and aunties at home. I said, yep. Look, I'm on the internet. Me. Yeah, look, I'm on the internet. Crazy. Ah, uh, but yeah, um, like I said, we're in for a good show. So let's kick it off. What's been the downbeat? What's been happening over the past two weeks? Kind of like, you know, there's a music film and TV way. Yeah, so I'll go straight into music. Um, so I spoke about on my last episode, mm-hmm. the last episode, but last time I was here, Neo um, spoke about her kind of drip, drip, dropping yeah. music. Now mm-hmm. she's drip, drip, dropped that new album yes. called Saturn. It's nice, you know. It's a nice vibe. I really like it. I, I know you really like it cause, yes, uh, because I saw something yeah, coming exactly. on later. I was coming like, on later. Oh, yes, I listened to this album. I know. Be proud of me because I don't normally listen to new music. I know you I don't. Know. So, so I, like... I actually saw it there, and I kid you not. Yeah. <laughs> Were you like? Uh-huh. I, I I actually thought that's not my song of the week. <laughs> <laughs> What's this, Jenny? 
I've literally big man thing. I thought it was an error, but boy, I know. Look at you. listening to them new rhythms. I'm listening to the changed new woman. I know, so changed. I love I'm, that. I'm trying. I'm trying. It somewhere, comes in seasons. Somewhere in Canada, it's a young man thinking. <laughs> Rah, I'm so it, proud. Yeah? I don't. I didn't have to is tell he, you to listen to is, this. Is he thinking I'm so proud? Or is he thinking it's how you gonna do me? What's up <laughs> on the other side of the world? You're now you're not listening, listening right, to new exactly. Music. That's mm. true. Actually, he's probably thinking that. Yeah, he probably is thinking that. <laughs> but yeah, now she got a new album. It's real dope. Like I said, probably a bit more melancholic than her first joint. But like I like yeah. artists to, you know, evolve. And, and test just... the waters and do something a little yeah, bit exactly, different. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm not going to lie. I'd have it on rotation more, but I've needed my mood to be picked up a little bit. So, so it hasn't been the one that you've Hasn't been the one grabbed. I've been reaching for And once you hear my yeah. song on a week You understand where I'm coming from Because okay. Yeah You know So don't don't let me put off It's it's real good music Yeah um, And it makes me want to see her more Like I said last time I'm going to see her in March uh, And oh, the good. new album Makes me more excited for that Yeah Rather than thinking mm, Just you know Stick to the old tracks Kind yeah. of thing I'm actually excited More excited for it uh, Speaking of Um Concerts live Someone else who I spoke about Last time I say Giggs Who recently dropped a new album He's announced some UK dates And he's going to be in Is it Giggs or Gets? Giggs you know Wow <laughs> I was going to say Wow wow Did we talk wow. about Did we I talk didn't talk about, about Giggs at all Yeah I, was I like, spoke about Gets I spoke about Gets Okay Gets yeah. Ghetto, ghetto gospel um, Yeah 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 Wow It's alright This know. is how you know the, the, My I'm, mind is still way <laughs> Somewhere else in a boat In the Caribbean Sea Gets has announced tour dates and he'll yeah. be playing in London on the 21st of January. He'll be in other cities in the UK. Go Google him. Yeah. Search him on uh, Twitter because I should have those dates, but I don't. Yeah, but no, you no, find no. them. It's, also, I live in London. I, 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 we should be less London-centric. I'm, I don't actually live in London, so I'm not that much... Well, actually, that's a lie. I am London-centric because in I terms work of the in podcast, London. 20, 2019 goals. 2019 goals, yeah. regional. Regional. Yeah. Regional regional theatres, national theatres. Yeah. Let's let's give it a go. Let's try. Let's try, you know, yeah. reach out to our, our non-London, exactly. outside the M25. Exactly, yeah. Vibes. <laughs> um, so, what else has been happening? So, I'm going to quickly kick off theater and then we'll probably come back to filming tv yeah so it's like it's the season of new seasons it is basically it pretty is the much season of new seasons. um theaters are out here dropping some seasons for us new seasons for us and are we loving it are we into it um yeah so the young vic announced their new season i believe last l- week, late last week yeah um, so this is going to be like the first kind of like full kind of announcement from obviously Kwame Kweyaman. Um, so the season's going to open up with the adaptation of, obviously opened up with the adaptation of like the Twelfth Night, which I saw, which I absolutely loved. Um, and it's kind of going to continue um, with, uh, I believe, there is going to be the convert. Which um, I've got tickets to go see. Oh, way. Yes, yes. So that's going to be from the 7th of December to the 19th of January. And they also announced um, Tree, which is um, going to be in Manchester, but it's going to do a tour back in London, which is um, a collaboration with Idris Elba. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I, I saw was that. like, oh, is this what Idris is doing now? Okay. He's got his, uh, his fingers in a lot of pies. I know, but I like that. I really mm-hmm. do. I'm, I'm really kind of like intrigued to Very. see what... 
um, that show is going to entail. Also, going back to the convert, uh, Letitia Wright is going to be starring. Yes. Uh, and it was written by, I can, I should be able to say her name because she's from my part of the world. Denai Guria. Yeah, Guerrera. Guria, I think it is. Yeah. Guerrera sounds Spanish. What's going on there? I don't know, maybe it's because um, of how people Yeah, say it. but you know, Wakanda Forever, two stars of uh, Black Panther, of course. And you know what's quite interesting mm. is because I look forward to seeing this because I've seen The Convert. I've seen it as well. I, I, uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I saw yeah, you yes. no, That's no, when we saw that. each other. Yeah. Yes, that makes sense. Oh, wow. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, no, so exactly. So I'm quite interested to see what they're going to do with it. Same. At the Young Vic. Same, because the one at the gate you was. absolutely loved it oh i i, I enjoyed could not it stop going on about this. i really enjoyed it and mm-hmm. i thought the 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 obviously the main character which was the, the girl was yeah. absolutely astonishing yeah i found her really astonishing um so i'm interested to see how she does yeah she's got and, the chops and it depends who, who, who do you reckon she's gonna play the, the title i think so the way they I, th- I don't know if they've uh Done the full, they've done a full cast announcement, which usually is like attached to a character. So yeah. I would imagine, I think when I saw that she's in it, I imagine she's playing, playing the, title, the lead. The lead, the lead oh, role. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, so Young Vic have obviously announced their new um, season. And as per usual, the Royal Court was just like, um, well, actually the Royal Court announced their season first. Yes. And then the Young Vic's like, ah, oh, let's throw some salt mm-hmm. into you guys. Um, so like I mentioned, the, uh, the Royal Court announced their new season. And that's quite, I was really impa- impressed because a lot of the work is by women. Yeah. And I was just like, ah, yes. And quite a few women of color actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like it's Nikki Featherstone, right? Is the uh creative director there, isn't she? Oh, is she? Is she? I believe it is. Yes, yeah, I believe I think she so. is. I and always get her mixed she, up with the one that looks after the Donma. Um, who's leaving? I think I know you're talking about, but name escapes me. Yeah, her name escapes me too. But I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's Nikki Featherstone who looks after the royal, royal court. court. Yeah, she has been. Talking about like stuff like Me Too, stuff about uh, diversity for a while. So to see, and that's what we need to see. Follow through exactly. People actually following through is positive and po- yeah. follow through quickly. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Because I've heard us talking about this. I would say 2017, 18. See? So to follow through so quickly, with, exactly. Whereas yeah. you know other, mm, yeah, other establishments mm. want to follow through in twenty twenty five. Exactly, yeah, that's true. So, you know, I, I like to see money where their mouth is mm. uh, from a big theater, respected theater as well. Yeah, no, I hear you know, that. You've got to rate that. So, a couple of shows that are coming um, to the Royal Court in the first half of 2019 is um, The End of History, which is written um, by Jack Fawn, who was actually the writer and director of. Um, Jack Fawn and John Tiffany, who's the writer and director of The Cursed Child, the the Harry Potter stuff. Um, So that's going to be next year. Um, They also announced Cypress Avenue, um, which will be playing downstairs um, from the February 14th to the 23rd of March. Um, And then they've got Jasmine Lee Jones, um, which is the new entitled play... Um, seven Methods of Killing Kylie Jenner. 
And you know, I'm not going to lie. That title, I was like, mm, this sounds juicy. It really does, yeah. I really want to see this. Um, so yes, I'm, so that that's one of them. And it's playing from the 4th to the 27th of July. And then you've got White Pearl. Um, you've got Parlor. Um, which we'll be playing from in from early April to mid late April next year. And then the two that I'm also looking forward to is the most is um Jade Lewis, who will be directing um Nicole Leckie in the self-performed play Superho, um, which is about a young girl who immersed in her Instagram lifestyle. And it's been produced alongside Tallowa Theatre. So I was very excited by that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, there's a lot of stuff going on in Selena Thompson's um, Salt. Um, we'll be doing a three um, a three week run from um, mid May to early June. So there's just a lot of stuff that I was kind of like really here for, and I'm really excited for in regards to both of them. Actually, there's both both of them have some sh- solid shows that I know that I'll definitely grab some tickets for. Yeah, I think so, I'm exactly the same. Yeah, um, and we will let our people know on Twitter. Of course. Yes, about yes. these two new seasons and how to get tickets. Yeah. And all the rest of it. Yeah. Jews are coming like, are we? Yes. Yes, we are. Yes, we will. We'll, we'll try. <laughs> no, we, we will. will. Definitely, we definitely will. What are we here for? You know, we exactly. Just make the, we make the work a little bit easier for go, you guys. Go and let the people know exactly how to how to get there. Um, in other news, what else has been happening? TV. Yeah, TV. What have you been watching? So obviously, like I, I wasn't in the country. Yeah. For a lot of the last two weeks, but you know, came back and did some catch up TV. I saw uh, the Doctor Who. So I've been watching the new Doctor Who and they did a quote-unquote Black History Month episode. Oh, okay. Written by um, Mallory Blackman. Oh, so now, that's the one that just, she read. Disclaimer, yes. I don't actually have an issue with Mal- Mallory Blackman. I know I, I mentioned her again last time I was here. Really? I didn't think you did have an issue Yeah, well, yeah. I mentioned my thoughts on notes and questions. Oh, okay. Are, yeah, of course. You yeah. know, yeah. I've changed. Uh, she wrote the episode. It was solid, like it was a solid. solid episode. Okay. My issue was, um, so it's brought out in October for a clear reason, right? Let's not yeah. muck about. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did a, a Rosa Parks episode. So okay. Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King made like a brief kind of appearance in it, but it was primarily about Rosa Parks and the um, Montgomery bus boycott. Okay. And. Uh, my feeling from the start to the end was exactly the same. So you got this big platform of the BBC, mm. one of their biggest shows internationally, mm-hmm. renowned as well. It's one of the shows that's definitely going to end up on yeah, BBC exactly. America. And a lot of people do still like tune into Doctor Hill. A lot of people still tune yeah. in, in, into it. And it's on primetime... Primetime TV. Yeah. Got a primetime slot. Yeah. So you spend a whole hour or whatever, however long it is, talking about civil rights struggle during our Black History Month by the way because America have got a different Black History Month this is in February I know where you are going and I I agree with you without even having to say much during our Black History Month we are not talking about our own Black Black Civil Rights struggle our own Black History so I'm like I'm watching the episode and thinking hmm and there were a couple of times in the episode as well where characters kind of made comments akin to well this would never happen you know back in the uk and I'm oh like, wow okay but there was actually a bus boycott in the uk mm. in bristol so 
What are you talking about? Yeah. I'm not saying the two were exactly the same or exactly the same circumstances or whatever. My point is one, it, it's a bit disingenuous. Well, it's not being disingenuous. It is. Call, call a spade a spade. Yeah. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. That you kind of sweep British racism, anti-black racism under the rug just to highlight what happened in America. And two, mm-hmm. yes, it's an important story. But come on, we all know it. Everybody knows know, it. So you've got a chance to point out things that actually have happened and are happening and impacts people in your actual country. Mm. And two, you've got a chance to tell what for most people in this country would be a new story. Yeah. So, you know, I watched the episode and I wanted to get more into it than I was. But when you got, especially what one of the characters in it was a, a young, is a young black man, I'm just thinking... Get out of here. Yeah. It's quite interesting because then who do we put, who do we blame, not blame, but who takes accountability for something like that happening? Obviously, we we, we have to look at the, the big guys in the seats. But then at the same time, you look at the writer is a black mm-hmm. woman who yeah. happens to be a British black woman. Yeah. You know, she had bought, she's the one that's written this script. Yeah. So who do we hold account, accountable? So here's the thing. If they said we want to write an episode about Rosa Parks mm-hmm. and then they brought her in to write it, I would say I'd rather it be a black woman to write that episode if they'd mm-hmm. already decided they want to do something about Rosa Parks. Because mm-hmm. let's be real, if they got a white woman or a white man to write that, probably would be the conversation of this podcast. Yeah. Um, If they asked Mallory to write an episode for Black History Month focused around a black woman. Yeah. And her decision then was to write about Rosa Parks. Then I guess I would have uh, an issue with Mallory. I would have to say so. Yeah. So it depends on how that happened because... But at the same time, I also think that with all the notoriety... Notoriety? Mm. Is that the right word? Notoriety is usually bad. Okay, wrong word then. With all the kind of like the accolades Mallory Brackman has, yeah. you know, I would think that she has a voice to say, actually, I want to write about black British history. I think so. But look, like Chris Rock has said in his career that uh, when he was making or he's making movies, that's a fight to have a black woman as his romantic lead. So we don't... What film was that? Um... There was, I think, I Love My Wife was one film where his romantic lead was... I don't oh, okay. think he said specifically what film. He oh, just okay. said yeah, yeah, yeah. that's he's something had to, he's, yeah. ha- he's had to fight in the past for. So mm-hmm. if um, Chris Rock, who's probably more of a global household name, mm-hmm. is having to fight that fight, you know, I, I think would like to think that um, Mallory can go to the BBC and say, this is how I'm going to do it. But I think, realistically, I think that's a bit unrealistic. Mm. So it depends For me it depends on how the brief was given If he said We're going to do something about Rosa Parks uh, Are you in or are you out? And she said I'm in Cool If they said We want to do something Support an October for Black History Month About a black woman Are you in or are you out? Tell us what the story is going to be And mm. she put forward Rosa Parks I would say You could have done better Whoa yeah. I've unplugged myself Yeah Do you know what it is? I think more than anything I just want to kind of like um, I just like I think I've I've spoken about this a lot in regards and even in my workplace, um, where you know they they try to do we try to organise something for Black History Month. I was very much um, kind of like adamant that this month is is the British the UK yes. Black History Month. Let's kind of like highlight 
black British, you know, voices that have shaped the our history and our, our culture, if that makes sense. And, you know, because a lot of initially people are just like, oh, yeah, we're going to do, you know, let's talk about Martin Luther King. Let's talk about Malcolm X. I'm just like, uh, and Oprah, I'm just like, but how many, there's some really amazing UK people that have done such amazing things. Like, why are we not talking about them? And it's also, I, I guess that these platforms and not these, well, these platforms, your Channel 4, your BBC, they, it's their responsibility as well mm-hmm. to get those stories made. As because publicly I'm, funded. Exactly. It's publicly well, funded obviously platforms. BBC. And Channel 4, Channel 4 does receive, yeah, but Channel 4 is publicly funded. Ah! Yeah, Channel 4 is like part public, part commercial. But okay, part public, public from what, TV license? Or uh, just... I believe they get a cut. I'm not exactly sure, but I believe they get a cut from TV license. But Channel oh, 4 yeah. is not like ITV. ITV does fully independent. But fully independent. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand. I wouldn't go nah. to ITV for Ch- stuff. But yeah, well, then they in general, they just need to do better. Yeah, they've got responsibility. Yeah, they're they getting our money. Respon- yeah, exactly. They've got responsibility to tell And me, I'm out here paying TV stories. license. I pay too much. Oh, okay. Well, I'm TV. Well, I'm you. Yeah, I don't want them to come and knock on my door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate that. Neither, neither do I. <laughs> I you am above sound- board. Oh, wow. Whoever's listening. Look no, at this. No, no, I'm, like I'm above board. But yeah. Swear I believe you got a few uh, theatre shows to talk about. Um, yeah, we'll probably do that towards the end of the show. Oh, yeah. Um, but just a quick one. Just a quick what's the down on what's the downbeat while mm-hmm. I... God, my brain. What's going on today? It is one of those days. It is literally one of those days. Um, oh, whilst you're, whilst you're, you know, gathering your thoughts, I'll tell you something I did like on TV. Uh, Killing Eve. Yo. Which has been advertised all over. Did you watch it? Oh, yeah. Been, that I've... show... I've I didn't expect it to be that good. I watched it in like literally two days. Yeah, if you if you haven't seen it, um, it's on BBC iPlayer, the whole thing, so you can like have a binge watch. How would you how would you describe it for someone who hasn't seen it? It's it's one of those a psychological psycho- thriller, a psychological thriller with a hint of humor. Yeah, a hint of dark humor. Humor. Yes. Yeah. Don't be expecting to be laughing. Like it's 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 kind of like a subtle like kind of like oh my God, why am I laughing at this? Kind mm-hmm. of like, this is really sinister, but I find this quite funny. Yeah. Kind of like... It's really messed up. Like It's really messed up. And can I just give props to... Is it Jodie? What's her name? The main... The main, the main character. The main, the main character. Yeah. Do you know she's actually... Scouts, right? Yeah. Yeah. I had to look this up. Because I, I remembered her from a show. I was like, I know this face. I know this Same. face. I know this face. She's from Diary of a Fat... Um, my Mad Diary. Yeah. My Mad Fat Diary. Yeah. Um, so she plays the friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I know her face. I know her face. I know her face. And she, I think she, she's in something else as well. Um, but I was like, and then when I, you know when you do your Googles, like mm-hmm. it was like. Had to. And I was like, oh my God, it's her. And she's fucking great. She was so good at it. So, she was so amazing. Good. She played the role to the T. Sandra O was really good in it as well. Because yeah. I, honestly, I was, I hate her. I hate her character. I thought she was a flipping idiot. Do you know what? Yeah. Which I think she's supposed to be. Like, yeah. You are supposed to kind of. But then I like the subtleness of the the insanity she had. Nah, she was an And idiot, the obsession man. that she had she, with. Obsession is the right word. She was an idiot. No, but it's so interesting that it's, I, I liked. I, it. It's fantastic writing. Do you want know listeners? Yeah? <laughs> the words. If I can't you, get if, the words if, out of my if mouth. If you've seen Killing Eve, yeah. Hold us on to her. Yeah. Was Sandra O's character 
an idiot or was she what are you saying i can't subtlety I, of a man she was a straight idiot for me. oh yeah she was an idiot don't get straight me wrong up. she would she annoyed the fuck out of me big time but at the same time it was kind of like I, there's some, there was just something about her character that just really worked and she played it so well there's something about her character that deserved two two slap <laughs> yeah is that's what, true is what you mean to say it's true but um the main character is it valen 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 Valet. oh yeah everybody knows it's a bit of a tongue twister it is a bit of a tongue twister yeah no she was just oksana 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 that was her do you know what? That's low-key a spoiler for anyone who has not seen Oh, yeah, that's... Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. not her real name. That's ah, kind of... Ah! Spoiler alert! to be honest with you, it's been out. Do you know what I mean? Why have you not seen it? But anyway, moving on swiftly. Um, So, I don't know if you are aware or if you saw this on, like, the Twitter there and even, like, on, like, local... Not local news, but local, like, London news. Mm. Um, So, basically... Is this BCA? Yes. Yes, I did see this. Oh. Is in fear of being kind of closed, closed down. down. I was just like, what? This can't be a thing. Couldn't believe it when I saw it. Well, I couldn't and I could. Really? Yeah, I couldn't believe it, but also I could believe it. Yeah, I yeah, I, I hear what you mean. You hear yeah. What I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I hear what you mean. So more than a hundred MPs have written to the cultural secretary demanding he step uh, step into protecting the um black cultural archives in South London. Um obviously as many are aware, many that know or don't know, the organization is devoted in kind of, you know, heritage and culture of the African and Caribbean people in Britain. And it's home to like the Black Plays Archive, a catalogue for the first professional production of every African and Caribbean Black British play staged in the UK. So it's, and this makes me, do you know what even makes me sad is that why are none of, if this is, it holds all these accolades, Mm -hmm. why are none of these kind of like arts organisations coming together? Yeah. And doing something about it. That's a great question. I'll tell, I'll speak very, very briefly about my personal experience with the Black Culture Archives. Mm-hmm. So, um, to give it, like, to flesh it out of what it is. So, it's building it in, um, in Brixton, in Windrush Square, which I think is very appropriate. Yeah. And it's, it's a mix between, like, a museum and, and a physical archive. So, you can go into, like, their exhibition, which are usually quite small, but very, very, very informative. Like, yeah. They pack a lot of information and are very well curated all the exhibitions. Uh-huh. And um, uh, attached to that is an archive that holds, like you said, all these like plays and a whole bunch of different kind of stories about uh, Black British people. Mm. And I was actually there. They did a massive launch event, and I remember being at their launch event where they spoke about how hard they worked. Uh, it was, I think, it opened about four years ago, and at that time they talked about twenty-five or thirty years they had been fighting to have a physical space for their archives that they've been you know gathering over years and years and years Mm. so that's one side thing that i took about 25 to 30 years longer than my lifetime realistically to get it to where it is now and within four or five years it's in danger of disappearing yeah um another one thing i really really love about them is that they do tell very untold they make a, a clear effort to tell untold black british histories and they also make a clear effort to let you know how certain black british figures were viewed during their time mm. so one of the first exhibitions i think if not one of if the first exhibition it did was on mary Seacole. if you don't know who she is she was a nurse during the crimean war if you don't know what the crimean war is it's the exact same war that 
Florence Nightingale served in. Mm. Uh, and uh, many of you will have known that name, Florence Nightingale, uh, who's a white woman, is very much painted as the kind of um, the pioneer of the nursing kind of uh, profession. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But actually what I found out in these archives, and they back this up with like newspapers, contemporary newspapers and stuff like that, is during the time of the Crimean War, the soldiers and society in general saw Mary Seacole as kind of the mother of Crimean soldiers and like the mother of nursing and all that stuff. And mm. it was actually a post-the-fact effort to push Florence Nightingale into the sphere mm. and Mary Seacole out of out the of sphere. It. Do you know what I mean? And they've got lots of stuff like that. They've got, uh, they had exhibitions about um, kind of... Um, slave or escaped slaves who then chronicled their their stories that ended up being bestsellers in the UK mm. black jazz artists who came here and you know rocked the scene and obviously they couldn't have been formed for black people because there yeah. weren't that many they had uh, one really good exhibition um, by a Jamaican kind of like social scientist social historian mm-hmm. speaking about some of the kind of um struggles when people came from the Windrush generation in terms of housing, migrant numbers, how uh, a lot of the migrants actually would perform better professionally and academically than the local population, how they would actually rely on benefits less than a local population. Mm. And this is contemporary stuff. This is how it's always been. And I really loved how they told not just a historical story in terms of these are great people, look up to them because they're great people, but they actually tell you that it was actually a conceited effort after the fact that basically Britain has a habit or history of putting black people up at, you know, the time that they're shining and mm-hmm. then afterwards erasing them. Yeah. After And there's lots, lots more examples of that happening today. So mm-hmm. it really kind of opens your eyes in that way. They made a conceited effort to focus on uh, black British women as well. Um, Black British women putting them at the forefront of the history, and uh, I actually wrote a piece. Um, I think I'll post I'll post it after the show when the show is up on uh, our Twitter. I wrote a piece about the um, Black Culture Archives when it first opened, wow. and one of my points was that this isn't just Black British history; it's actually British history. Mm. And what annoys me about this whole situation is for it to get to this state of you know having to write hundred MPs or whatever it is having to write this letter. All it tells me is that this isn't being viewed as uh, um, an as... institute that preserves British history. Yeah, it's about Black history mm. that happens to be in Britain, mm. rather than an institute that preserves a very important part of British history. So mm. you know, it's it's to me that's very telling um, about. It's, it's very actually, telling. Yeah, it makes me really sad because it's just that kind of like. It feels like there's there's this undertone of, like you just mentioned, it's not, why isn't this seen as part of British history? Mm -hmm. Why is it that we have, it's an anomaly, basically it's on its own kind of thing, Mm -hmm. where it's black history, not British, part of British history. Because will we be having these conversations about what museum is popular? I mean, the British Museum. Yeah. VNA, whatever, VNA, all of yeah. them. So, would we be having this conversation if it was obviously the flip? The flip side will always be, but they attract visitors. They this, they that. 
um, obviously part of that is that they attract visitors because their marketing is much, you know, yeah. bigger and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the amount of people who I, I've met who, um, they should be the type of people, no, they should be, but like, you'd expect they're the type of people who'd naturally love somewhere like the Black Culture Archives and I talk to them about it and they've kind of heard about it fleetingly or never even heard of it. I took a lot of people there for the first time mm. and it's because it's just not kind of out there in the way it's never in the, in the time that since it opened and being very dear to my heart, it's never been pushed and promoted yeah. out there as much as in my opinion, it should, it should specifically yeah. for the kind of stories that they're telling. Yeah. And um, we, talk, we talk about Black History Month just just passed. They aren't. They're going beyond this whole Black History Month thing. They're telling these and stories. Three hundred and sixty-five days a day, all day, all day. So yeah, it's it's to me, it's like like you said, it's saddening. But this is for a different podcast. But it's one of those things that just tells me, as a black man, in all honesty, that this country. This country finds new ways every day to tell uh, me that it don't want me uh, and yeah. I don't belong. Do you know what I mean? Because I was gonna say, girl, boy, <laughs> you ain't so even that, that's, tell me that's, twice. That's and this is yeah. the this is the kind of like the 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 the, the well, I don't know if this is probably the right term, but I feel like it's just the the nuance the nuances of the in, the institution oh god wow institutional racism jesus christ teamwork yeah. right there oh, thank you um where we constantly talk about this and we're made to feel like we're crazy and this is not the case and it's mm-hmm. da, 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 da. have they done this and have they done that well considering the fact that if like you said if they had the the marketing mm-hmm. kind of like funding and whatever I'm sure it would it it could become a tourist attraction. And there's no reason for it not, not to, to be. be. Like I am someone who frequents galleries and museums. I wouldn't say something is good just because it's black. Yeah. This is good because it's good. Yeah. And what they always manage to do in honestly a very small space mm. is always uh every time I go there, I always think they've blown their load on this one. They've done yeah, too well on this one, one and, you know, they can't follow this up. And every time it's totally new, it's done in a totally different way. And I think, wow, you the quality of the work you do never falls, mm. uh, never drops. The standards never drop. So I don't think the Black Art Archives is good just because it's black. I think it's good because it's good. Good. Yeah. Uh, I think it's British history because it's British history. Um, but, you know, clearly not everyone agrees with that. So, uh, boy. Yeah. So, do you are. know what it is? Let's hope that this sparks the conversation of potentially kind of like saving it. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling it's going to be. I'm praying it's going to be saved. And you I'm know, hopeful. I'm hopeful. I believe they started a just giving mm. campaign page. Yeah. Um. The last time I checked, it was at fifty thousand. I think they're trying yeah. to raise four million. Yeah. So you know, let's see. Let's try and do what we can. Look, I think it will be saved because realistically, we're at a point where there are enough prominent and wealthy. Uh, black people or people sympathetic to you, you know black causes mm-hmm. sympathetic to black causes we're going to talk about that soon yep. aren't we yeah um uh who are capable of of saving it that plus you know other people in the community etc mm. etc et i think it, it can be saved for me the, the the bigger and more telling issues like i just said it's already happened the fact that it's got to this point the fact that it never got the push that i feel it deserved um and the fact that it's, it's kind of seen in this way as, mm. you know, yes, it's called the Black Culture Archives. Um, 
but that doesn't shouldn't automatically make it not uh, a seen as a British kind of historical attraction. Mm. Because hey, look, we're here doing our thing, whether it's on the stage, um, behind the mic. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. on the football pitch. You know, we're we're visible, but kind of it's supposed to be a thing that we were always here or we just popped up and, you know, everything yeah. was rosy. Exactly. Uh, and it was a bit rough some point in the 70s and 80s. But, uh, yeah, we lived for it. We're happy still. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, for me, the personally, not the damage is done, but, you know, the hand has been shown. And I'm not going to forget that just because he gets saved if he gets saved, yeah. you know. Uh, God no, willing. I, I, I for me, that. you know, the they've played their hand, I've seen it, and I'm not going to unsee it. Yeah. That's me, in it? Cynical, but that's my view. I hear that. So, this one, save the best, well, save the best till last, we'll save the interesting till last. Yeah. Um, And we've had a brief conversation about this. And rather than kind of take it to Twitter, I thought it'd be best that we talk about it on... Uh, on, our uh, podcast. on our podcast are we, are, we, are, we, are we going to the tea now? Yes we are going oh, to the tea the, ke- the kettle's boiled The kettle's boiled is going The bags sh- are in the mug Yep It's time to start Sugar pouring. yeah exactly Milk is ready mm-hmm. Um. So as- Can we, can we uh, I wish you had something in between So I could bust you to joke Before getting into this But We got nothing nah, it's, nah, it's time. We haven't got nothing It's time ah, It's real time It's real time Jesus. So On Sunday mm. An article came out in the Times um, about a pretty, not a well, a known kind of like associate director who is on a, I guess, a training program, um, quite known and quite specifically for um, ethnic minorities. Mm -hmm. So the training program is called the Artistic Director Leadership Program, and it was set up last year. Um, And... The article came out saying that one of the recipients, yep. Anthony, I forgot the middle name. Lennon. That's Anthony Lennon. And it, Anthony, the middle name we'll get to oh, later. We'll Anthony get to. Lennon. And Anthony Lennon. So mm-hmm. quite a few people might have come across this story. Um, I feel like it's been all over. It's been uh, in around. It's, it's been doing the rounds. Even out of the theatre rounds, it's been doing the rounds it's elsewhere. It's been doing the rounds. Um, so... Where was I going? Where was I going? Just telling the, telling the story, basically. So, um, Anthony Lennon, um, who was partnered with Talawa Theatre Company as part of the scheme, um, basically in the article, it was announced that he is of white heritage. Mm-hmm. Basically, both parents and grandparents mm-hmm. are white and yeah, Irish. Irish. Yeah. Um, so, a lot of people have kind of come out saying... Um, so having that obviously come out to the surface, there it raises the question of how is he doing a artistic director training program specifically designed um, and for be- well people of color if that yeah. makes sense. So you know, there's the the question has arisen in that. There's also been you know the fact that he's taken a job away from someone a person of color. Mm-hmm. Um, when it could have been given to somebody else yeah. who matches the criteria. Yeah. Um. So, what are your thoughts? Have okay. I explained it well enough? You've explained it. Yeah, you've explained the basic thing that's happened. Yeah. Um. 
long short of it, a white man has taken funding that was allocated for people of colour. Yeah. So what I think, firstly, if you're just listening to this, I, I doubt you're hearing about this for the first time, but Google or search him on Twitter, Anthony Lennon, and see a picture of his face. Because yeah. that's one of the things that it comes down to is that he has, and I'm not going to lie, if I saw his face and none of this kind of... uh did you know who he was? I think that's potentially a mixed race man. And I've seen or, him and I thought he was a mixed race man. There you go. Um, or a light-skinned, fair-skinned black man. Yeah. He isn't. Genetically, he isn't. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to get certain things straight before we start going into opinion. Yeah. Um, he has never gone out and claimed to be... or. At, in ways he hasn't, hasn't. He has not claimed to be of black heritage. Mm-hmm. He's never said that he is, um, uh, he's got black parentage or even grandparentage. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a clip from uh, a show in 1990 that it was part of where, um, again, I think we should share this on, on we'll share this which, on our, yeah, which we will. on our Twitter. Um, He's basically surrounded by his black friends and he reveals to them. Uh, it's almost like he comes out, basically, as mm. white. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, how's that possible? Because of how you look and all the rest of it. So he's been open yeah. for 28 years mm-hmm. about the fact that he's white. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, He has worked with Talawa for a long time. Very long time. A, a very long time. I think it's like 30 years, maybe, he's worked yeah. with Talawa. And... um. People in the industry have either not fully condemned him or outright defended him mm-hmm. because he has essentially uh, put his money where not put his money as well, but he's put you know his work and effort into um, bringing up kind of black theatre. Yeah. However, you feel about what he's done, these are facts. Mm-hmm. Hasn't pretended uh, or hasn't told anyone he's got any black. Um, Parentage as mm-hmm. other people who've you know been exposed. Let's just say it like Rachel Dozel, Dole, yeah. who claims to have black parentage. Yeah, she has not. He has not done that. Done that exactly. He has not gone and blacked up in any way mm. like Rachel Dozel. Now, what's happening currently, as we record, is a lot of um, Instagram. What's the word? Um, kind of what what's the word i'm looking for influencers instagram baddies yes are being exposed as being white women i was have i saw that today. i saw that i was today rattled as well. i was, I was rattled. so rattled i was like what is but this a thing apparently so these women are blacking up and i'm sure there's men doing it as well in the time that it took for me to leave work and now i'm sure some men have been exposed doing it some white men Probably. these people are blacking up right they are putting on makeup, extra pigmentation to make themselves appear to have black features, black skin or black hair, which Mm. is not something that Anthony Lennon has done. Mm -hmm. What his story is, is that when he was uh, in school, about 13 years old, um, he was being bullied because of his appearance because of quote-unquote looking black. Yeah. And that he found solace in... Black people who took him in. Yeah. Now, I think every black person who's listening to this has either witnessed or been a part of being the solace of a non-black person. Mm. One thing we do a lot is bring people who are not black in, into our communities yeah. because when it comes down to it, 
we understand yeah. their pain. Yeah. And we'll bring them in. We understand um, being the outcast. We understand being the outcast. Sometimes it's not even that. Sometimes we just... If we like your energy, we think you're cool. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we just, you know, like someone who appreciates our culture. However yeah. you feel about that is up to you. I ain't mm-hmm. making a judgment on that or a statement on that yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. I've got feelings about that, but every black person listening to this right now has either witnessed that happen or been a part of that. Uh-huh. Happening. And that's what's happened yeah. um, with Anony. But there are also things he has done that have to be called out as absolutely suspect. So you yeah. mentioned the middle name situation. So he now professionally goes by the name Anthony Ekundayo Lennon. Now, this his he's actually changed, I think he's legally changed his name to uh, a totally not African sounding, but actually an African name. That's what he's gonna do. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's changed his name, but he's kept his professional name. As, as Anthony, Anthony. Ekinda. Now you won't see this on his Twitter, but that's that's the name he Goes you know by. he's going by, and his reasoning for that is the name Anthony Lennon no longer represented who he was, who he felt like. Look, people have changed their names before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cat Stevens, who was a singer back in the day, white English singer, changed his name to Yusuf Yusuf, I think, because he converted to Islam. Okay, uh, Cassius Maham- Clay, yeah. Ma- famously changed yeah. his name. Uh, Malcolm Little. Changed his name to Malcolm X and then later to El Haj Malik El Shabazz. Mm. So people changing their name to fit what they now believe to be their new identity is it's not something. I think new. we even mentioned someone who's done it uh, earlier in the podcast, Kwame Kwayama. That's yeah. not his birth name. Yeah. Um, however, in all these cases, even if Cat Stevens, he changed as a white man, changed his name to an Arabic name because he openly converted to Islam. Mm-hmm. Islam's not a race. It's not a cult. It's a religion. Yeah. It's a religion heavily influenced by a certain culture. Yeah. But it's a religion nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, African-Americans or Caribbean people who change their name to something that more accurately reflects their roots. There's, I don't have to... If, you, if I have to explain the history as to why that is not the same, then honestly, go read a book. I shouldn't be explaining to yeah, you we don't, why. Plus, we don't have that time. We ain't know. got that time. I shouldn't exactly. explain to you why uh, a black person changing their name to a African name or what they perceive to be a name close to Africa is different from an Irishman yeah. changing their name to an African name mm-hmm. uh, because they essentially feel like it. People mm-hmm. do ch- change their names. Yeah. Um, legally, for performance reason. Elton Hercules John, Elton John, he changed his name by deed poll. It's not his birth name, right? Mm. So it happens for different reasons. But the reason behind him doing it conveniently fits his um, kind of new sphere of, of blackness that he's adopting. So that is real, that's bookie to me. Like, yeah. I can't really back that because, you know, you've changed it. No, You know what you're doing. When you're doing something like that, mm. you can continue to support the cause and all the rest of it without changing your name. I just said, you know, people can change their name based on, you know, this, that, and the third call. But to me, you know what you're doing. So it's suspect. So I'm going to play Devil's Advocate. Please do. A little bit. So, like you mentioned, like, you know, African Americans who might go back to Yeah, Africa, and Caribbeans and stuff. And Caribbeans yeah. who might go back to their roots and stuff like that. Now, obviously, this guy, we know that he's of white heritage, but mm-hmm. he 
he has an interest mm-hmm. and I guess he's drawn to the black culture. Yeah. Very much so. He how is he bar the color of his skin, mm-hmm. how is he any different from somebody who's from who's African American, who's mm-hmm. Caribbean, that mm-hmm. just happens to take a trip to Africa mm-hmm. and is engulfed and absolute engulfed by the richness of the cultures mm-hmm. and immediately wants to go and change their name. So I'll say that they are very different because one those in in that scenario you've pointed mm-hmm. this is i've i've heard um caribbean people not so much african but personally heard caribbean people who've gone back to africa and said they've just felt the you know spirit of their ancestors or spelt, felt a welcoming whilst being in africa that they've never felt before in their lives mm-hmm. these are people who come from places where there's a lot of black people so it's not like they're just surrounded by black people it's special there's something there i'm an african i was born in africa i will never be able to relate to that Mm. But there's that one thing that is genuine. But also, we have to be honest about the history. These people, historically, genetically, come from Africa. And a lot of times, how it really happens is people will trace back as much as they can Mm -hmm. to where their ancestors would have been from Mm -hmm. and then will take a name that reflects that. Mm. Um, Or in cases like uh, uh, a Cassius Clay like um, a, a Malcolm X who then changed his name to El-Hajj Malik El-Shabazz, they will rightfully or wrongfully convert to a religion that they have been told is more suited to Africans or is the religion that they would have followed had they not been, you know, had their ancestors not been transported to the Americas. Mm. So they changed their name based on that. Mm-hmm. They changed their name to fit who they would have been ha- had their history not been interrupted by slavery. That's essentially the long and short of it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that Anthony Lennon said is he feels he's had, and this is another thing that I feel is totally disingenuous, he feels that he's had the experiences of a black man and a black actor essentially because he's been bullied or, you know, had his appearance kind of questioned and stuff. Because like I said, if you look at him and somebody told you this is a mixed race or light-skinned black man, mm-hmm. you probably wouldn't ask any questions. Yeah. But to say that you have the experience of a black person simply because you have uh, felt some levels of discrimination, I think is bullshit. Um, and there have been a lot of hot takes on, my, on this. I believe it was uh, Jandela Benson who mentioned this. I believe it was. There have been a lot of articles, so I could be misquoted, but I believe it was her who said that you've narrowed down blackness to um, kind of uh, uh, being victimized or facing segregation right i very much knew i was black was proud i was black before i felt any form of segregation um if segregation and all racism ended tomorrow my feeling of blackness was an end Mm -hmm. so to come say you feel black because you were and i don't know the extent of his bullying but to say that that's why you didn't feel black those are his words he feels black because he's had the experiences of a black actor which is essentially negative to come say that's what then qualifies you to become black. Nah, it's not. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like that's not, that does not then make you black. That does not then make you closer to being black. Yeah. You just experience some shit that we all experience or people in around you who are black experience. Mm-hmm. Does that make you then black? No. I, I agree it because doesn't. there's layers to blackness, our blackness, and there's layers to it. So mm-hmm. for you to just say just one bit of it and mm-hmm. 
think that because you've experienced that one bit, that makes you black. No, absolutely not. I I agree. I I I I absolutely agree. Even thinking about it now, like you know, it's kind of like what am I what am I saying? Even thinking about it now, and I think, oh yeah, you know, discrimination. Yeah, it's 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 stuff that we you know at some point have experienced in our life some people might not some people have do you yeah. know what i'm saying but that's not what makes me black exactly there's, there's so many kind of things i can think about in regards to my blackness that mm-hmm. makes me who i am and those things are const- like they're constant whatever they are for you or me or any black person listening if you are not black if you're a white person and you can and you have dark skin or a broad nose or full lips or a big bum or can cook jollof or jerk or nshima and can sing every song to Afrobeats and all you listen to is Afrobeats or you can speak an African language mm. or you can cook collard greens or, or only date black people or only pray at black churches mm. or black mosques or any of that or birthed a black person. Mm. Or produced a black person For someone else to birth for you Yeah If you are not black None of those things No combination of those things All of those things Then make you black Yeah And what he is to me Is someone who basically fits In that category Mm. They're the person Do you know what? They're He's moving like that person Who was at ACS At uni Who wasn't black But got told by everyone Oh, you know they're blacker than you because they do this and that and that and this mm-hmm. and this. And it's like, yeah, no. And this is why everyone wants to gun him down. But let's be honest, you know, a lot of people know who I'm talking about. That not always uh, that person who wasn't black was part of UACS at uni, and everybody, black people around them, were like yeah. co-signed them, yeah, absolutely, would even yeah. tell black people that this person's blacker than you. Yeah. Funny enough, that was a joke that was made in that video that we go we're gonna post. From 1990 mm. That one of the black people said Oh he's blacker than you So we've been doing it for a long time I'm it's not okay. saying I'm not saying It's okay That, that it's okay But, let's, but we yeah. have to look at this As actually why it is Like a yeah. lot of people Are coming to these hot takes And saying stuff that it isn't We know what this is Honestly Every black person has either And I'll say it again Has either Witnessed this happen Or, or Co-signed Co-signed it yeah. yeah Think anybody Who's angry about this But at ACS Or even at secondary school told someone who is black that ex-friend of yours is blacker than them because they dance a certain dance or cook a certain food or speak a certain slang or even speak a certain language or have certain features. You are the same type of person who Anthony met straight up and and down. And sometimes, and this is the problem that I have as well, um, and I'm going to go, I think for me, when I found out about this, the reason why I didn't say much of it, I was just like, here we go again. Mm -hmm. The keyboard warriors are going to come with their long thing pieces about how this is this and da-da-da-da-da and everything and da-da-da-da and not know the full scope of it. Do you get what I'm saying? Or even spend time to think and retrospect like... How how does this happen? Oh my god, I can tell you how it happens. Yeah. Because as a as a black person, we've all seen it. This is just a continuation. This is a high scale version of what happens pretty much in the everyday. So do you think we need to be held accountable for things like that? So black people in your own, you know, 
interactions need to be. In this specific case, there is a black organization who, as a show, mm. you know, we have a, a good relationship with. Yeah. But we got we got to say what we got to say. Talawa needs to be held accountable for what's happening here. So in their statement, um, in fact, have uh, they brought out I'm a statement? Gonna, well, they mentioned something essentially okay. saying, "I want to find it here because." I feel it's their responsibility. So here we go. Uh, Talawa, where Lenin is an associate director, added, as an artist of mixed heritage, he is not only eligible for a position, but his experience, work and achievements make him an exceptional person for the role. What mixed heritage? If the man has said that both of his parents are white and all of his grandparents are white Irish, mm. where is the mixed heritage? It's very confusing. And this is what they've said recently. This was... Uh, so this was a quote from one of the stories that has come out recently because obviously a lot of new sources have brought this story. Oh. Listen, if you want to hear, if you want to see sources and stuff, they're all going to be on our on our Twitter once this episode has gone live so you can yeah. read it for yourselves. But that was a quote that Tyler said, Tyler, if you hear this and, you, and we're wrong, say and we will hold our hands up. Yeah. But what they haven't done as of the time of recording and as of the last time that we both checked Twitter is come out with a formal statement based mm. on what i read there there's half of that that's right he's made uh, a contribution and that's what i don't want to be taken away exactly he's made a contribution but when you start with, with as an artist of of mixed yeah, race heritage when the story clearly is that he is not of mixed race heritage when he changed his name he said it's because he's a born again african not because mm granddad's you know Olu there I really you know want to honour him and him like he he yeah. changed his name to an African name mm -hmm. and fully acknowledged it's because he's some born again African so come on let's be real Talawa you um, they, they need to be held accountable mm -hmm. for how this is happening if you want to come and say he's a white man he's made a great contribution to black theatre for over a generation and that's why we're keeping him yeah. say that and say it with your chest exactly to say silent for like the last few days or to make that statement that I just read to me nonsense mm. nonsense like they are the people who've done what I said they're the people at the ACS bigging up someone and telling them you're blacker than this mm. you know you can you can like when we were talking on the phone we said it's about um, there's fakery and there's allyship mm. there is room for allyship in not just the art scene but in all areas for white people to use their expertise and whatever to contribute. I want to say to help us to contribute positively. Yeah. When someone is disingenuous, tries to make out that being amongst black people makes them black, then that non-black person has to be accountable for their shit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it sounds like I've gunned down a lot of black people who co-sign people. It's not just that. Anthony Lennon needs to be accountable for his shit. You are not black. You are, you can say as honest as you've been, let's not pretend that you've not been part of some, at least to some level, some dishonesty and some collusion. That's my personal chama K. That's my personal opinion there. Mm. Um, and Talawa, you have to be honest and say as a, as the theatre, I would say as the theatre organisation in the UK, that black theatre makers will look up to you. Mm -hmm. You have to make, you have to reassure black theatre makers that there is a space for them at the top, that there's somewhere they can rise to at the top and that someone who isn't black 
who then happens to be in your circle doesn't then start getting looked at as a black person. Mm. And that opportunities that are specifically to uplift us remain for us. Yeah. And another point that I'll quickly mention, uh, Chanje, Chanje Kunda, who is uh, my Zamin cousin, so I've got a bigger up. She had a few things to say about this and her general point, uh, we'll reach you, uh, Teresa, her general point was, as much as this is a relevant story, we're also arguing about the small scraps we're given to fight over mm. rather than bigger and wider issues that are preventing black people being successful in the arts. And she's a black theatre creative herself, theatre mm-hmm. creator herself. So um, that's also something that people need to think about. Yeah. Is what is the what is bigger, the bigger issue picture? here? There's yeah. something that's very easy. Even it happened to me. There's something very easy to get angry about this whole story about, you know, I saw it and I thought, here we go, we've got our own Rachel Dozel. Take a step back, look at the facts, look at what has been said and hasn't been said. Look at the society we come from here mm-hmm. in Black Britain and think, how is this possible? Everyone says, how could this happen? How could this happen? Really sit down and look and think, uh, how can yeah. this happen? Because in all likelihood, you know how it can happen. Yeah. You know how it can happen. So look at that as a Black person. Analyze that. Maybe you be like straight up. I always told them that they're not Black. If that's you, cool. You got nothing to think about. Yeah. If you're the one who's saying next black girl, next non-black girl, next non-black guy is black because they could do this, that, and the third yeah. that other black people don't do or don't want to do, look at yourself. yourself. Look at yourself. Absolutely. Because Anthony is your mate. Mm. And for black organizations that have put black pe- non-black people in front of black people, also look at yourselves, mm. including Talawat. Look at yourselves look at what you're doing and look at the message that that sends to the black people who want to aspire in your field, wherever that is. That's me done. My job. Boom. Pretty much Chama said everything I was going to say. Yeah. I've been holding that for a while. Holding it in his chest. Yeah, because I, could, I couldn't start tweeting about this because honestly, I've had enough Yo. Bullshit happened on, on my Twitter So I I Boy mm-hmm. We'll talk about this afterwards But yeah, yeah This is not a This is an off podcast conversation Yeah But yeah No I see what you mean I think I I think my frustration More than anything Is that You know It's those people that Wasn't aware mm-hmm. I guess aware of Kind of like the theatre scene You don't have no Connection to it And mm-hmm. it's not like You shouldn't be connected But all of a sudden Something like this Has come up All of a sudden You want to now Become keyboard warrior mm-hmm. And say Whatever you have to say And mm-hmm. how this needs to be done And da 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 And not putting the facts together Yeah I think that's more than anything For me And the reason why I didn't say anything Is because It's kind of like Let's bring it here Let's have the conversation here mm-hmm. And let's kind Kind of dissect mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The new, the bits and pieces of it, and yeah. see like what, why could this possibly happen? Mm-hmm. And do we as black people have to be held accountable? But at the same time, do we then have to look at what we are doing mm-hmm. to allow potentially something like that to happen? But then also look at these art kind of like fundings and grants mm-hmm. that are just kind of just doing this because mm-hmm. we have to put blame on them as well. Yeah. They also need, we also need to be kind of, uh, and this is what I mean where I, like you said, there's a bigger picture here. We should be fighting them. Like even though we, yes, we should be kind of like speaking about the whole issue, Mm -hmm. but let's look at the people that are giving the money. Mm -hmm. Why is this happening? Because for them, honestly, very little changes. Ultimately, the money's gone. 
very little changes. They've, they feel they've like they've done their part. Yeah, and they feel like they've done their part and then that's the end of that. And, you know, what do you want? Another funds to go to? It's... Yeah. There's 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 bigger issues here. And just to be clear, for anyone listening to this and wants to say, oh, Jama's blaming black people for the Anthony Lennon situation. No, I am not. I'm saying that there's... They... they I'm saying that ultimately it falls... This specific case, it falls in Anthony Lennon for claiming... Yes, he didn't say he was black, but he's done some disingenuous shit to mm. make himself appear a certain way. Yeah. Not physically, but, you know, with the name change and the born again African stuff. Come on. There's yeah. people who, there's black people who are genuinely making uh, a considered and at times expensive effort to trace their roots back. So me personally, I'm an African, so I've never had to do that. But for the, you know, diaspora, those in the Americas who've made that effort, I feel personally, that's a big insult to them. Like if I was an uh, African-American or Caribbean who made that journey to find my roots and then change my name and I've seen that this guy's done it as well and called himself a born-again African, I'd feel really insulted. I feel he's insulted them. I feel he's insulted all black people mm. by relating his minor experiences. That's what they are, minor experiences of quote-unquote blackness yeah. and then taking it on as, as, as you know, and at the end of the day, me, you, we cannot turn around and, you know, decide to embrace whiteness for whatever reason we want. So, mm. you know, ultimately, it falls, he made choices, you know, as much as whoever embraced him, who didn't embrace him, who bullied him, who took him in, he made choices. He knew what those choices were. And, um, yeah, he needs to say something about, about it now. Not just point about what he said in the past. He needs to say about it now. Tell her I need to say something about this now. So yeah, I think something we want. I guess the next step is to hear what they have to say. Answers, honesty, and yeah. move on and see the bigger yeah. picture of this story. How something like this can happen, but also see the bigger picture of you know not fighting for more souls because we're told that this is the only way we can move forward. Yeah, which I guess is another conversation for another show. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it'll be interesting to hear people's takes on it. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you've listened to the episode and you have your own views and stuff like that, definitely... Hard about us. Yeah, exactly. Definitely tweet us to let us know your opinion. If you kind of disagree with us, you know, let's have that conversation because I'm always kind of like open to hear mm. what other people think and their thoughts on this. Yeah. Um, but moving on um, to our sound waves, just quickly, um, I got a review for y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll make it super quick. Um, because time is of the essence. Indeed. Um, so I went to see If I yes. at the Royal Court Come on. last week Wednesday. Let yeah, me last, know. last week Wednesday. And do you know what it is? Yeah, I came with my notepad, ready to take some notes down. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes, I'm gonna get I'm prepared. Mm-hmm. And it was first thing it was pitch dark, so I couldn't even take any bloody notes. So I was just like, go. God. Damn it. So I really have, it allowed me to be fully immersed mm-hmm. and fully focused and concentrate on the piece and stuff like that. And I must say, Debbie Tucker Green does it every time. Mm. Every time. Like I was saying this yesterday, um, which was Tuesday, um, at my writer's lab session that I don't understand how she's not seen as one of the greatest writers in UK mm. Along the lines of Because you know how we speak so highly of Shakespeare mm-hmm. And how Shakespeare shapes theatre And mm-hmm. the language and you know his work Debbie Tucker Green should be on that list mm-hmm. Amongst them Do you get what I'm saying? I get because what you're saying Her work 
she said she she basically doesn't have to say a lot but says a lot yeah. without having to say much mm-hmm. and to be able to do that as a writer and then go on and direct it mm-hmm. phenomenal so I don't want to give too much away in regards to the play itself. So Ifa and I focuses on kind of like, you know, the black body mm-hmm. um, and how, you know, we're kind of, how we are a little bit policed, mm. but then how we have to kind of like be aware and attentive of how we use our bodies and how you know we are perceived in the media in you know kind of like in i guess law government and whatever Mm. whatever so the first part you have a couple you just have like so it's basically 14 um 14 black actors and then there's one white actor and shout out to raw court for having the first deaf actor on stage oh wow which is absolutely like again doing it kind of breaking barriers that you know it's it it, it's upsetting that it's taken this long but i'm glad it's happened and Mm -hmm. it's happened with a black well a debbie tucker green play Mm. because let's be honest she's she's known for being accessible she's known for kind of just like you know breaking those walls and kind of saying this is what i want for my piece and we're gonna make it happen um and you know and Ifa and I, it kind of like takes, tells the tales, tells the stories from the UK mm-hmm. and also from America. Mm. And to hear the similarity, because you know how we always hear like, oh, in America, it's different. Yeah. You know, you don't go through that, yeah. you know, in the UK. Yeah, and to yeah, see yeah. the similarity and for her to tell those stories and for her to kind of explain that, you know, the UK experienced it too, as well as America it was just kind of like, thank you for bringing that to light. Even though like we constantly say it. Yeah. But sometimes it needs to be in a space where predominantly white people are going to be in that space and be like, oh. Yeah. And that's the important bit. Yeah. Oh, so mm. it is a thing, mm. you know, and she does that and she's just unapologetic for it. Yeah. It's just like, you can just take this as it is. Yeah. I'm writing this because I know it's important. Yeah. And I'm telling that story because I know it's important. And another thing that I really love about Debbie Tucker Green is just that she allows the audience to really take away their own from it. Mm. So she's not those writer she's not a writer that's kind of like oh i'm gonna make it really super easy for the for the audience because i don't trust they will get this so let me tell them the whole story and let me really kind of put everything out for them Mm -hmm. so they can be like oh it's so great because i got it from the get-go and you know i just feel so intellectual because i was able to take away from that um i think she just does it as i'm trusting you Mm -hmm. to piece this piece together do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm trusting you with my work for you to understand it. Do you get what I'm saying? Without, again, without saying a lot, if that makes sense. Mm. So before I started waffling on, because I like to, you know, do that from time to time, I would definitely recommend it. I think you're going to come out of it even two days after still digesting and still trying to, you know, rip it apart and mm. kind of like, un, kind of like unhinge the layers. Yeah. But, I think for me, that's what fear is supposed to do to you. It's yeah. supposed to get you thinking. It's supposed to get you to your core and think, this was fucking good, but 
I'm still trying to understand yeah. why it was so fucking good. Yeah, I think good art in general leaves that impression. Yeah. And what you've said there, like, still thinking about it, that is what everyone who has, like, tweeted that they've seen that show, mm. that's that's literally what I've seen. Still, yeah. Still taking <laughs> still... it for, for an eye, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, still taking it in. Ear for eye. Ear for eye. I know it sounds better when it's like, it, you, naturally you think ear for an eye. Yeah, because yeah, of the, yeah. you know, the phrase and all the rest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what I've definitely heard. So that's a recommendation. Where yeah. can the people see it? You can see it at the Royal Court. Um, I don't know when it's, uh, what it's, when it's playing till. I can't remember. But I think I, I'll definitely tweet it. Um, we'll definitely tweet it. I'll put it on our socials for you to go and check it out. I think I would I would definitely give it four, four and a half stars. Damn. I am that confident. Debbie Tucker Green does no wrong for me. Yeah, do, you get what, do you get what I'm saying? I immediately feel like when I go into that space, I'm going to be taking on a journey that I know I will thoroughly enjoy. Hear that, hear that. And we got one. Oh, we got another review? Um, I, it's not really a review. It's just a uh, hot it's take. It's just a hot take. Yeah. Um, so I went to go see Black Ice. Um, oh, obviously yes. Obviously, the yes. first episode we had um, Atlanta Green and Mumba Dodwell yes, come yes. and speak to us about the project. So I finally got to see it. I was meant to see it on Thursday, but I had a last minute op. So I literally had to push it to Saturday. And I really kind of like, do you know what? Atlanta's writing I absolutely love mm-hmm. And I've loved her writing from before Because obviously I've seen one of her pieces beforehand Yeah, with your sister in right? Yeah. yeah, so I was just kind of like really excited by her writing And I, f- I love the fact that she's telling these stories That, like we mentioned, is not traumatic mm. It's just women having conversations Even though they are in a cell mm. You get to just see them as women Yeah And, you know, I, I'm looking forward to the more work um, that Atlanta is going to bring because I feel like she she has the not the potential is there because that sounds condescending um, what's the word the work and the, the writing is there and mm-hmm. I'm just so eager to see what else yeah. she has to bring to the mm-hmm. table I'm very very excited and I just can't wait to kind of see her work on kind of like you know maybe like a, a, a well royal court or even the bush yeah. I could definitely see her being in a space at the bush so yeah, no, definitely. Uh, well, you can't really see it because it's finished now. Yeah. <laughs> As I say, go definitely see it, but no, it finished and the run was only a short run. So hopefully they might be able to bring that back. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, Black Ice, I, I really enjoyed it. Two women, prison, you know, both in for murder. Oh, I can spoil it because you, you know. Yeah. Both in for murder. One is about to leave, and the other one um, has to stay. But it kind of like really focuses on their relationship Mm. and how much you know they kind of depend on each other but at the same time still want to stay in touch after everything yeah um i really liked the whole kind of like as well where they would have conversations in moments they will come out of the conversations and talk had speak their inner thoughts yeah and kind of like their story and kind of like talk about things in their past Mm -hmm. i really like that because i could visualize that kind of taking place mm-hmm. and them as as that person yeah as that person outside yeah yeah outside of their cell yeah. so yeah um i think yeah so that was black ice and that was at theater row five theater 503 503 it was that yeah. um yeah so yeah awesome awesome so last thing before we wrap up yes i feel like this was a rushed episode and it's my fault 
to be honest. Well, with you, it's it? it's it's TFL's it's fault. TFL, traffic's yeah, fault. Traffic, Wednesday's everything, fault. Everything. Yeah, yeah I'm sure Wednesday. some kind of planet is in retrograde somewhere, Boy. and it was that fault as well. Yeah, let's blame everything else but ourselves. <laughs> yep. That's sometimes <laughs> got to do that. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So before we kind of like leave and wrap up, what's mm-hmm. your song of the week? So I? my song of the week is "Pump Me Up" by Crossfire. Okay. So cut classic. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I heard this song about 200 times when I was on holiday. And hearing it just takes me back. Like, if I literally, if I hear the opening of that song, bang, my feet are in the pool, I'm holding a drink, and I'm floating across the Caribbean Sea, and it's 28 degrees. And trust me, I have needed that vibe this week. So, Pump Me Up by Crossfire is my song of the week. I'm going say, hey. You know what, yeah? I'm mm-hmm. so happy you recommended Soka because I've always known. I know, I know you're about, I'm, I'm about known. Soka life. I'm literally yeah, Soka known for yeah. just like oh, always playing Soka. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's a good track. That, that is, is a good track because I was I'm, literally I'm like... probably listen to that on loop on the way home. I'm like, oh, I'm on the yeah. beach. Yeah. Without Central Line Strike, I'm, I'm going to need it. <laughs> you're going to need it. Just yeah, picture boy. yourself in on a, in a place where it's sunny and you've got a cocktail in your hands yeah, and trust stuff. Trust me, I will. Um, so my song of the week is, um, as mentioned, you know, I've been listening to Nano. Uh, Nao? Nao, sorry, Nano. Oh, that's so wrong. Wow. Nao. I'm known to make mistakes. Yes. Um, um, so I've been listening to Nao, the new album, uh, Saturn, and I really enjoyed it. And I actually started listening to the first probably about six tracks and paused and paused and I think I went away. And then I started listening, I continued listening to it. And there was just this one song where I was just like, what? I am feeling the vibes on this. It got me kind of like swinging my hips a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so the song I'm going to recommend this week is um, Neo Drive and Disconnect. I just need to take a long drive somewhere mm-hmm. and just have like the roof off. I don't know. Roof off where? Exactly. That's in this I, don't, I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm imagining myself being you on Route 66. Enjoy that one. I'm just imagining myself being on Route 66. Now, but I get you. Taking, That's the kind of vibe I mean? that this song gives. And just have yeah. your hair, just your curly hair just blowing in the wind. Yeah. You've got shades on and just like, yes. In kind of like a, what's that? What's that car? Um, uh, Cadillac? Yes. Yeah. See? 
It's like, you know. Um, but yeah, that's been episode number three. Episode three. Season yes. Season four. Yes, it's been a fun one and an interesting one. Mm. I, I like when we kind of like have conversations about deeper conversations yeah. about, you know, things that have actually been happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was great to talk about that. Um Anthony Lennon kind of conversation, but yeah. also at the same time, I think it's been happening over the past couple of weeks. Where can they find us? So you can find us on Twitter, Artistic SOM, on the Instagram, Artistic SOM Pod, and on Facebook, Artistic State of Mind. Yes. And are you on the personal socials and stuff? Of course, you can catch me on Twitter, is the only one I'm really on, to be honest. Because <laughs> I think I'm, 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 I'm not an old man. But I'm turning into to an old man, yeah. Slowly and surely every day. <laughs> so I can't keep up with her. Once the grey hair comes, you're just like, yep. There, I'll never know. No, I forbid <laughs> it. Do you know what grey hair is wisdom, though? <laughs> oh, God. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. I'm too young for that. Okay. Uh, no, grey hair, I forbid it. Uh, yes, my personal at Chama, C H A M A underscore K A Y. Cool, and you can find me. I'm back on Twitter now. I, yeah, yeah. I kind of took a bit of a uh, uh, social social media break, but I'm back on it. And my social, my Twitter is Jules Montana eighty eight. Um, and what's my Instagram? My Instagram is Jules Katrina, so you can find me there. And Jules is with a Z for those that do ask or don't really ask, whatever. But yeah, fancy like that. yeah, because I'm fancy and bougie like that. Um, but yeah, guys, tune in for the next one, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Peace. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.